Hello, friends. Welcome to Manga College, brought to you by Kugali. My name is Ziki Nelson, one of the lovely hosts on this、uh, podcast, where we deconstruct the art of art. <laughs> if that makes any sense, we essentially look at comics and various forms of sequential art, including manga, and deconstruct how it is that one goes about、uh, telling these stories. And、um, constructing stories through these particular mediums. Now, usually when I'm not with my co-host Bill,、um, I often find a an excellent guest to, to come in and、uh, entertain us in his stead. And today,、um, I find someone who's like truly worthy of the the adjective excellent.、Um, and her name is Ashley Woods. She's a comic book artist and writer as well. That has worked on a variety of projects. I know her personally, or I first came across her work from uh, uh, an indie comic known as、uh, Niobe. She is life, and also subsequently she is death. That was a sort of a sequel. But she's worked on a number of projects beyond that、uh, particular comic. But rather than me pontificating,、um, I think I should just open up the floor for you, Ashley, to come in and、uh, say hi to the audience. Well, thanks for having me, Zicky, and hello, everyone. As you may already know, my name is Ashley A. Woods. I'm a comic book artist and also a writer and creator.、Um, I got my start back in 2006 with my own creator-owned series called Millennial War, and that's an、uh, action fantasy story. Just in short, it is it's a mix of、uh, fantasy and technology. And、uh, the events circulate around a group of characters trying to prevent. A major war from、uh, destroying their lives, and so I saw Millennial War for a few years at different conventions, and then I moved on to、uh, other independent projects such as the Zebra Jones. I finally got my big professional break in 2014、uh, with Naomi Shia's Life after meeting、uh, Amanda Stenberg and、uh, Stranger Comics, Sebastian Day Jones and Stranger Comics at.、Um, A convention called BCAF in San Francisco, and so from there, by the end of that year, 2015, we released the、uh, first issue of Naomi Shia's Life to、uh, critical acclaim, and also went on to make history as being the first syndicated, nationally syndicated comic book that has been written by a black female, illustrated by a black female artist,、uh, and is starring a black female character. So.、Um, Naomi Shia's life, you know, went on to make a, a pretty big impact, huge impact on、um, the uh, culture uh, today. You know,、uh, it's pushed an idea of representation matters. It spawned、uh, inspiration for、uh, many, many cosplays. I can't even keep count of them all, but the fan base is just so cool. And so, after I finished Naomi, actually, the graphic novel. Came out this past December, and you can get that on StrangerComics.com.、Uh, and the opening of the novel was written by Viola Davis, so that's a huge honor right there. But、uh, yeah, so after Niobe, I went on to Lady Castle from Boom Studios, and、uh, that was like a gender bender、uh, twist on the、uh, the story of King Arthur and his knights, and so that also went on to、uh, popularity. After that project, I did a few covers, and then、um, yeah, I just wrapped up、uh, Tomb Raider、uh, two three weeks ago. So now I'm working on Dismantlers, 
And then after Dismantlers, uh, I plan to release issue seven of my own project, Millennial War. So I've just been working on that in between all the other stuff. But it's a full plate, but I'm having a lot of fun right now. I'm planning on uh, possibly attending Comic-Con this summer. Um, C2E2 is next weekend in Chicago. So um, I plan on uh, attending those conventions, drawing live, uh, having panels. So that's what's going on right now. All right. Wonderful. That was that's quite a distinguished uh, a CV, uh, which is one of the reasons why I was really really excited to, to get you here. But me personally, I I, I write comics, or I, I do the script writing for for various comics. I, I edit comics, but I also have to wear the hat of uh, podcaster and uh, an entrepreneur as well, because I, I essentially manage my own uh, publishing outfit. And while I enjoy every minute of it, um, having so much on your plate um, sometimes is, is pretty tough to handle. So this is sort of quite a self-interested question, but you clearly seem to have quite a lot on your plate. Um, how, do you, how do you go about juggling uh, all of these different uh, projects um, and finding headspace within, um, within the flurry of work? Well, I'm a big picture type of person, and so I break down the whole, the, the, the bigger goal into small daily goals. That's how I... Uh, stay motivated and don't feel too overwhelmed. Um, also, it's important to take breaks. And also, I started paying attention to my uh, diet and ways to um, exercise my body so that I can uh, put more energy, have, have more vitality to stay at the desk longer um, because it is physically demanding uh, drawing all day. And so, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, when I have my daily goals, um, so I have a, a, a book per se, and the book is 22, 24 pages. I'll, um, you know, try to break down that book maybe a few pages per day, you know, uh, and be mindful of what I can realistically take on, you know. And, um, you know, just to just to push that idea further, sometimes I have sticky notes around my apartment, like on my fridge or my work area. So wherever I'm looking constantly, you know, that idea is reinforced and that can help me stay focused as well, so. Okay, fair enough. Um, that, that makes sense. I mean, ultimately, I, I guess it, it makes sense. All, all it is is it's really just uh, staying focused. And also making time to uh, practice developing my skill. I dedicate about an hour each morning to that, you know, as, as like a warm-up before I dive into my actual work. Okay, fair enough. I, I think the, the, the book thing is definitely something that I, I, I might uh, borrow from you uh, uh, following this conversation. But back, back to the, the meat of what I originally planned uh, on asking you. Uh, the first question is, what gave you uh, courage to pursue a career in the arts, particularly comic book arts, which is, I would say, a road that's less traveled uh, amongst the many careers that uh, a lot of people consider for themselves honestly and this may seem reckless i wasn't considering the pitfalls i was just thinking i want to draw in the story you know and i'm basically well i was uh, basically learning as i uh, proceeded along my path like even when i did my first convention back in 2006 and i was selling my, my book 
I was just having fun, you know, and I, and I was learning as I, as I went along with it. And um, I didn't realize that I was a part of a, of a shift uh, such as uh, how self-publishing has really grown since 2006, 2007. There was a boom there, you know. So I wasn't aware of, of all of that. It's, it's all, it sounds cheesy, but it's like, you know, just following your heart wherever you want to do. And the path would just like unfold for you. Now, when I do come across certain um, pitfalls, not pitfalls, but uh, challenges such as, oh, this is what the experience of having a deadline is like, or this is what this responsibility feels like, you know, because I'm, I'm a part of a team, you know, in certain aspects. You know, you just adapt to it. Just, I guess, for me personally, I just I just fall back on, well, you know what you're doing as an artist, and they came to you for a reason. You know, so just have confidence about how you go about your work and just know that um, you're going to crush it. You know, that's, and like I said, it sounds reckless, but that's just how I go about it. It's probably, it's probably unorthodox, but, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I like I like that attitude. I, I, I think that uh, self-confidence is, is, is a necessity to, to be successful in these. In fact, the, the studies that show that, uh, at least, like, say, if we take Silicon Valley, right, where you have all of the tech entrepreneurs, that they, they all have this kind of uh, almost delusional uh, self-confidence that does this seem realistic, but it's, it's that uh, courage to actually dare to do that which doesn't seem realistic that 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 yields results that that don't seem realistic right if you if you can't aspire to to, to, to something that's that that seems beyond you then you're never going to be able to break out of uh, of your comfort zone so i, I like i like that uh, uh philosophy yeah so how did your friends and family, like describe the immediate reaction of your friends and family uh, when you told them that this is what you were, were going to do? Everyone throughout my life had been pretty supportive because I, I guess I was so open with my talent and I was expressive with it and I was proud of it. And earlier on, I won't say like in my, on my path, but <laughs> just earlier on in the early years, I was selling myself before I knew I was actually, you know, marketing myself. You know, I was just proud of what I was able to do. And so I've always, you know, carried a sketchbook on me and, you know, I would just show people uh, what I was working on. And, uh, you know, now that I, I think back on it, I was probably a bit, uh, <laughs> you know, like somebody like shoved their sketchbook in your face. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Okay. I see. No, please continue. But, um, yeah, like, everyone was supportive because they, they just knew, like, okay, this is what she's always worked towards. And so um, it was just a natural experience. You know, everyone expected me to, to do what I'm doing today. Okay, fair enough. Um, and uh, what I'm curious about, actually, uh, I was going to save this question for later, but uh, now I feel like it's actually more appropriate. But... Uh, you've clearly spoken about your, your confidence in your abilities dating back to quite a young age. And obviously now that you're a professional, I mean, if, if I speak for myself anecdotally, when I look at some of like the early, early scripts that, that I wrote uh, versus like the quality of my writing today, 
Um, I almost cringe at <laughs> reading some of my early work. I mean, I, I can see what I was trying to do, and I can and I can see like the inspiration. But there's there's no doubt that in the uh, I think let me see when did I start 2012. So in the six odd years I've been writing, um, there's there's been a clear progression. Um, and so what the kind of quality that 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 I need to put down to make me proud is is different to the kind of quality. That I need to put down to make me that that, that I would have had to put down uh, back in the day, and so as you've evolved, and I and I have no doubt that uh, from the day you decided you wanted to be an artist to this very day that we speak, um, your the quality of your art has evolved. How do you define the metrics through which you decide that you 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 feel accomplished by a particular piece? Um, and given the fact that you're a professional now. How how has the weight of expectation uh, impacted your your creative process? Well, as far as you know, feeling like I've arrived, it kind of fluctuates. You know, you're you're constantly building your skill through consistency. So that's one layer of it. One day you 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 finish a piece and you look at it and it looks like the greatest thing ever, and then the next day you don't feel that way anymore. You see how, you know, you could have tweaked it here and there or, you know, had I been a bit more patient with it and not rushed through this area, you know, things like that, you start picking it apart. And so I feel like if you ever feel like you've arrived, I'm pretty, I mean, I've had moments like that and, and I feel like a lot of people have. You, it feels good and then you get complacent. And so after complacency, you get restless and it's like, okay, I need something else to aspire to, you know, and that mindset goes hand in hand with the creativity. Um, I'm trying to think about the second half of your question. Uh, okay, well, whilst you percolate that, uh, it, it reminds me because in Japan, because I think you and I are both uh, Japanophiles, and yeah. uh, in Japan... <laughs> There's a saying or a phrase called uh, kaizen, um, and it means change or die. But it can also be roughly translated into uh, into like you always have to grow, right? So so change can roughly translate to grow. In other words, like if you do something, uh, if you draw a piece and everyone says it's great, you sell hundreds of copies at at, at a convention. That's great, but if that's all you're going to rest your laurels on, then you will eventually stagnate as an artist uh, or as any form of creative. And I suppose I, I always juggle with the dichotomy between kind of gratitude. I, I think maybe gratitude is the, is, is the word. So like looking back on all that I've achieved and, and actually giving myself an, a, a pat on the back for, for actually coming this far, but at the same time, knowing that there's much f- further to go. I feel like sometimes holding both of those ideas in your mind is, is a bit of a, an oxymoron. Um, and I wonder if you ch- deal with the same thing, and if you do, how, how, you, uh, how you go about uh, trying to nurture both of those feelings? Yes, <laughs> Ziki, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, oh... It's nothing like having two conflicting ideas like that. Um, how I deal with it? Well, as emotional of a person that I am, I'm also logical and, um, and analytical. And, and so with that being said, my emotional side would pick up on it. And then 
I have to slow down. Like, you know, that's where living in the moment comes into play. So you recognize it's like, wait a minute, don't, don't give into the emotion of, or feeling a certain way. Like identify what this is. Okay. I see that um, I'm feeling two ways about my, my work and, and, you know, these conflicting ideas. So sometimes you just sit in it and, and you, you don't, make a decision of which way to feel about it. You just settle on, uh, as long as I'm doing some work, I'm going to put this to the side. Whatever I'm conflicted about, I'm going to put this to the side, and I'm going to just focus on on working. Because those feelings always fluctuate, you know, Uh, going back and forth, because you're constantly learning. So you just have to be, as an artist, you just have to be comfortable always being in motion, or thinking in motion, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a sort of double thing. But yeah, that, that, that is how I, I try to, to, to navigate this, this space. I, I just find like you're, you're quite a, a, an introspective person. So the philosophical side to, to the, uh, the war of art, as, as I like to call it, um, is, is interesting to, 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 to peak your brains for these particular... I'm trying to be literal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but when you get to, like, I think when you get people like yourself and myself in a room, th- this is the inevitable direction that things tend to go. Uh, but go- going back to some of the questions that I, so have you had an opportunity to think about the, 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 the second half of my previous question, which is the idea that now that you're a professional, there's a certain level of quality expected from your clients, from your fans, um, and how this has impacted your, your creative process at all? Yeah, I feel the pressure, but at the same time, it, it feels good, and I'm allowing it to push me in the direction I need to go, which is the developing my skill more. More, you know. So, from the point that I've started professionally a few years ago to now, I've gained a greater balance in learning and working. In the beginning, I felt more rushed, like I had to do both at the same time. And you're going to continue to do that, but I wanted more time to learn. And, and that's where, you know, I, I, I started altering how I approach my work. So it's like, okay, I'll give myself an hour at the start of each day to do a warm-up warm sketch. And... Instead, instead of focusing on, oh, let me just dedicate my entire day to this deadline. Because ultimately, if the work isn't legit, if it doesn't look as good as it could, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're rushing towards that deadline, you know. So, you know, you just have to, as an artist, you just have to stop looking at certain things or actions as, as a workload and uh, see it as like an investment in, you know, just... This, well, maybe I'm speaking too personally about it because, you know, you know, maybe every, you know, everyone feels differently. But for me, I just kept feeling like, oh, this is this is a lot of drawing. You know? And um, if I take the time to add this extra hour in the morning, like, oh, man, am I going to have enough energy to complete my deadline? So it's like once I switch my mentality, I just somehow over time develop that, that energy for it. You know, it's almost like muscle memory now. So. I want to talk a bit more about the projects that you've worked on. Uh, but before I get into any of the specifics, uh, one thing I'm curious about, is, since we're sort of talking about your process a bit, 
Is there a difference to how you approach uh, client work versus your your own personal IPs? Uh, I mean, obviously, with, with client work, there's there's a deadline that you have to meet the deadline. With, where with your own IPs, there isn't necessarily that pressure. But I guess the reason why I'm asking that is that in my case, I, I, I found that I've had to really, really withdraw a lot of uh, any emotional investment I have if I'm if I'm doing an outside client job uh, in, into the work, which which I find somewhat disappointing because I, I think that I don't know if it's different from an art perspective, but with with writing, when you when you imagine these characters, when you imagine them in these fictional worlds, it's hard not to care. You still should care, but it's kind of like you're creating this fictional children um, and then giving them to someone else. So uh, so you, you shouldn't, I guess, get too hung up. Um, and I'm wondering whether you, you have a similar sort of thought process. I definitely can relate to that. And you know what, Zeke? I started letting it go because... At first, I was having trouble uh, keeping up with my deadlines because I'm a perfectionist. So I want to put as much effort as I can, even into my client work. But, you know, after a while, you start realizing, like, the deadline is, is most important because there's so many moving parts behind that. And so as long as it doesn't look like chicken scratch, <laughs> you know, um, and, and the, uh, no one is being that anal when they're looking at your, your work. You know, they're looking at a lot of things at once, the, the dialogue on the page, you know, everything. And so, you know, you just got to get out your own head or I get out my own way. And it's like, you know what, just just get it done, you know. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Now, out of many projects you've worked on, do you have any particular favorites, uh, if you're so inclined to say? And if so, Why? So far, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, each project is special to me in its own way. Lady Castle is just hilarious to me. So so that's a special book to me just because it's so happy and, and the characters are so charming. And I love the fan base behind that uh, title as well. Um, Niobe, She Is Life, of course, is going to always hold a special uh, place in the, uh, one of my favorite projects to work on. She changed my life. You know, ironically, you know, as she changed changed the people who she saved, she changed their lives within the story. And um, there's, there's just so much, um, I, you know, I'll stop there. But <laughs> what else? Of course, Tomb Raider, uh, you know, growing up as a gamer, I'm still a gamer today. And I have a majority of all the Tomb Raider games. So the way that just came, you know, fell into my lap out of nowhere I was just like, what? Like, yeah, I'm drawing this book, you know, and it was just so fun. And, and, and it, it, I met a lot of cool people through that project. So as far as a favorite, mm, I, I, I can't I can't say Ziki. <laughs> OK, fair enough. You, you sound like the, the parent whose uh, children ask, like, mom, dad, which one of us do you love more? <laughs> and you're like, we love you all equally. <laughs> um, <laughs> But fair enough. Uh, the, the Tomb Raider one kind of resonates uh, or rings up, strikes a chord, mainly because I, 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 I'm trying to kind of empathize and, and, and just imagining what it would be like if I was invited to, to, to participate in something that I, I grew up uh, loving as, as a child. Um, and to have that happen to you uh, must have been really special. Yeah. Like I just said, I was just like, what? I just opened my email and they had a, a message and it was in bold. Like, are you uh, interested in working on Twitter? I was like, let me answer this right now. <laughs> so 
Now, I pulled out the game uh, for PS4 because they remade it for the, the, the next-gen systems. And so I pulled out the uh, first game uh, for the PS4 version. And I just had it like, sitting next to me the whole time that I worked on the project. Like, even before I began working on it, just the fact that I knew I had this opportunity. And, you know, I just I just kept staring at it and, and just... Like I'm connected to this now. It's just it's crazy, you know. So yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shows to go. Um, shows that your kind of attitude of looking beyond what may seem realistic or may not seem realistic kind of paid off in the end. So it might be some food for to, to anyone else uh, listening. All right. So as we move into the sort of final uh, segment of this conversation. I wanted to talk a bit more about uh, Millennial War because you, you mentioned that that's coming up. Uh, I, I, since we're using the analogy of children, or since we've used that analogy quite a lot um, on this project, I, I would liken maybe all of your other projects to kind of uh, adopted children. And Millennial War is like your, your, your biological daughter or son, um, or both. Um, and uh, and I, wanted to, I wanted you to talk a bit more about that uh, project. And, um, and yeah, just uh, the story, what we can expect uh, coming forward, and, yeah, just uh, shoot away. Yes, uh, I guess, yeah, Miss Millennial War is my, uh, my baby in so many aspects. <laughs> <laughs> that story, even though it's written as, a, um, as an action fantasy story, and I was inspired by a lot of anime uh, that I watched, throughout childhood and even as I was developing the series so the anime that I was watching back then for example, I'm just going to throw them out there in no particular order um, Basilisk uh, Ninja Scroll uh, Vampire Hunter Deep uh, 2 Bloodlust stuff like that, you know, I like a lot of action and I love animation that has a certain illustration style and so that's how I developed all my characters a lot of the characters are different aspects of myself um even if they don't look alike you know it's just uh taking you know different personalities within myself and pushing them as, as far as they can go and then you put them in the environment and just think like well how would they react if this was to like really happen like if there was like a fire being that's like shooting a fireball at you like what are you going to do like you're not going to be cool about it you know so w- when I developed these these uh, scenes within the story I wanted it to be uh, plausible I didn't want uh, the characters to seem too superhuman in so many words and so so let me tell you about the uh, premise and all of that, you know. Um, so there's seven books in all, and uh, the story starts off. It, it features uh, two twin sisters named Santa, uh, Saya and Hannah Hayashi. And um, Saya, she's in the military, and she goes off on a mission. She goes MIA. And so the whole story kicks off with Hannah and her friends trying to find her sister. And during their journey, uh, they realize they they discover a hidden world that uh, has long been forgotten for, for about a thousand years ago. And so after uh, they explore this hidden world, they discover that there's a new war on the horizon that threatens to wipe out uh, civilization as they know it. And so um, the story pretty much grows from there. It grows into like a bigger. Uh, it, it, everything is bigger than them and their own uh, what they set out for you know which is to find her sister so that's the overall theme 
And uh, so far we have seven books. The eighth book, which is issue seven, uh, will come out soon um, in a few months. The whole series starts off on issue zero, so that's why it's the eighth book. But I've been working with an animator who is uh, working on a project for Nintendo right now. And uh, his name is uh, Steven, and he's uh, in uh, Philadelphia. And so we've been working on a uh, small animation for my book. And actually, we just wrapped that up. So we're just adding um, a few more uh, last-minute things, such as like FX sound effects, stuff like that. And I'm also revamping the graphic novel. So when issue 7 comes out later this year, the graphic novel will also uh, be re-released. And so it's just it's, it's exciting, you know. So I, I just can't wait till everyone can, uh, you know, I can just drop this on everyone, and everyone mind gets blown, and you're just like, ah, I'm like, yeah, I told you. And <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, it sounds sounds really exciting. I mean, I've checked out some of the, the the artwork, and I can clearly see that the 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 manga, so sort of the Eastern influence, but there's just something. There's a little bit of a twist that. Um, that you've added, which, which is really cool because uh, I think a, a lot of my my friends uh, or creative friends, artist friends, I should say, have a massive Eastern influences. But I find that the the out of them, the ones that really stand out are the ones who've taken that Eastern foundation and then just added something, added a few new things to to kind of evolve um, evolve it. Because otherwise, it, it becomes somewhat uh, generic. Right, right. I, I definitely wanted my own identity, so yeah, definitely. Speaking of identity, if you could describe your art in a sentence, what would it be? I would say my art has an international appeal to it. If I if I added like one more sentence, <laughs> I'm being greedy. I would say it's original. Um, I know, I know, that might be. Uh, said a lot you know everyone says that about their their own things but i feel like it's it's original because it's me it reflects my sensibilities and you know what i'm uh the things that inspire me which is many different things you know yes i have i have a big affinity for eastern uh influences in japan and china and all you know all asian countries and but also I, I have uh, French artists that I, I enjoy, like Bengal and different European comics. I think th- there's one called, um, it's not Dow House, it's Dow something. I have a copy of it. But um, yeah, I'm definitely into European comics, Asian comics, uh, American comics. To me, if, if, it, if it looks awesome, I'm into it, you know. So yeah, I think my art reflects that. Okay, and I, I'm trying to think of how I, I would describe it. I, I guess the first were the, the, the few adjectives I would use are vibrant. Uh, I think you have a really like vibrant art, art style that's very clean at times, uh, which really works well for a lot of the covers that I, I, I've seen you do, but I've seen a lot of the spreads that you've done on uh, on. On, on uh, Niobe in, in particular, so so that's my own uh, two cents. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad you said that. Like, I, I do feel like it has a vibrant quality to it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to dirty it up a bit. Okay, okay. interesting. I, I'd be interested to see how how <laughs> how you, you manage that uh, because that that uh that, that kind of like 
really cuts against like the mental image I, I have in my head. So it'll be, it'll be really cool to see how you uh, pull that out off. All right, Ashley. Uh, so we're going to round off with a few uh, quick fire questions. And the first of these are just to get a, uh, a taste of what kind of uh, geek slash nerd uh, you might be. So you mentioned gaming earlier, and, and I wanted to ask, I'm an evil scientist and uh, I've invented this EMP that can that can specifically target spe- uh, certain devices. So it's, it's not like a full-blown EMP. I can I could destroy what specifically what I want. And uh, I'm about to target all video game consoles, but you can only save one. Which which one do you save? I'm saving the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So burn to all the uh, Xbox and uh, Nintendo fans, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess I'll never get a chance to play Breath of the Wild on, you know, Wii, so I really want to play that, but I'm sorry, I, I have to stay faithful to Sony. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I think I asked you this one before, but I, I can't remember what your answer was, but uh, Luffy from uh, One Piece or Peter Parker, Spider-Man? I would say Luffy, even though I'm not that far into One Piece, the little bit that I do know about Luffy, um, yeah, de- I definitely pick him over Peter Parker. <laughs> okay, why? Because I just love his strength. I love his personality. Um, Peter Parker, I, I think I'm a little bit, uh, burnt out on him. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Old Peter Parker, uh, fair enough. Guts from uh, Berserk or the Incredible Hulk? I'm thinking about the the depth of their characters. I will probably man, that's hard. The more I think about it, because I was going to give it to Guts, like because he's his own person, and and even though he you know wanted to stick with Griffith, he can only go so far. He won't just give himself away as a person or or be attached to blind loyalty. But at the same time, with the Hulk. He's mastering self-control so that he doesn't wig out on the world, you know? Yeah. So, like I said, at first I thought that would be an easy thing to just <laughs> out, but they both are, like, mastering themselves. Ah, damn you, Zeke. <laughs> Finally, like, I, I managed to create a conundrum for you. Yeah, next one. <laughs> <laughs> are we calling this a draw, then? <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, last one of these. Have you seen the uh, recent Black Panther film? Yeah. Okay, uh, so uh, Shuri from Black Panther or uh, Moon Moon Girl, I think that's her name, right? The little genius. I didn't, I didn't read Moon Girl. Do you have someone else you can compare it to? Okay. Uh, I'm going to find someone from DC DC Comics to get a bit of uh, DC and Marvel rivalry going on here. Okay, uh, Shuri or uh, Dick Grayson? I would probably say Shuri because she has a cool factor and and um, I like her confidence okay. and it, despite her age, you know. Fair enough. Alrighty then. Uh, so that, that's it for the the quick quick fire questions. The less quick quick fire question is: you can send a tweet to yourself. I think you're limited to 280 characters. Uh, Ten years in the past. Uh, what do you go for? I would just say relax and just keep going. That's it. Okay, just... you didn't even use all 280 characters. Impressive. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> 
All right, fantastic. And oh yeah, one more thing. Uh, so just recommend one. It, it can be a comic, it can be a manga, it can be a video game, film, t- TV series, whatever. One uh, piece of narrative art that is not uh, not something that you've made or worked on for the audience. Name one thing that I would suggest that I haven't worked on. Yeah, exactly. Definitely uh, Goran Lagan, the uh, TV show. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because it's so inspirational. I know that. Uh, okay. Let me clarify. When I was doubting my own skills, watching the characters um, constantly move past obstacles, I don't want to give too much of the show away. Just basically, these people are living underground and they go from living underground to like building their own city to, to having space battles and just seeing how. and, and in order to get from one place to the next, they had to really break down or overcome certain uh, blocks that they or limitations that they set out within themselves. At one point, the main character, Seymour, he, he has said during battle, um, I've evolved from the person I was a moment ago. And, and that in itself is just like so ridiculous. Like, how do you have that paradigm shift in, in your psyche that you can just evolve this this great expansive much in a, in a single moment? And even though it's hilarious to think of it like that, it's, it's just the audacity that he still continued to, you know, have that much passion for himself. And it's like, no, I'm not giving up on whatever, you know, he was pushing. And so he's I told myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to go that hard with my work. And um, that's, that's that's the reason why. So, yeah. And, of course, it's just badass. Like, if you see, like, the battles and and every every episode, uh, there's, like, a growing crescendo of, 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 of excitement. And every time you think that they can't take it further, they do. And it's a marriage of all them things. And, of course, the, the music, the hip-hop, you know, uh, vibe, all of it, so... Okay, interesting. It has a similar effect to uh, what uh, my Hero Academia has on me. So, uh, but I'll, I'll check it out as well. <laughs> yeah, that's another one I want to watch. So, I, I think I'll start this weekend. Um, how many uh, episodes are each season? I, I think it's about a. I, I want to say about fifteen episodes, but uh, don't don't quote me on that. And they're about to be on the third season, right? Yeah, the third season I think is coming out later this year. Okay. Yeah. So you've got about 30 episodes uh, or so uh, to be fully caught up. And, I'll, and then, of course, uh, Fully Cooly 2 uh, either just came out or is about to come out. Yeah, there's so much there's so much content these days. That, that's why I asked for recommendations, because I know I can't get to everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Ashley, uh, so why don't you just tell people where they can find you, uh, say hi to you on the Internet, and, uh, yep, that's more that's it, really. Um, my Instagram page is Ninja Trip. It's just Ninja and Trip together. My Twitter is Ashes uh, underscore Art, which is Ashes A S H E S underscore and Art. My Tumblr Ashes hyphen Art, and uh, my Facebook page Ashley A Woods Art. Brilliant. And yeah, I, I like the, the the name Ninja Trip because I, I think it kind of describes you. Actually, I think that would be the best way to describe your art. It's almost like a psycho psychedelic Ninja Trip, if if that portrays any images in anyone's heads. <laughs> that's cool. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can you can borrow you can use that as well. 
no no royalty is necessary <laughs> but uh people uh, actually this has been a brilliant uh, conversation uh we will we'll catch up uh, later on this year but uh yeah I, like it's uh, it's been so fun uh, chatting with you uh usually when we geek out we've uh, exceeded exceeded an hour so i admire our discipline uh, this time around and also you know thank you for having me once again but also congrats on your kickstarter so that's really cool Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we uh, we just uh, had a successful Kickstarter campaign. We'll, we'll post some links in the, uh, in, in the in the description. But uh, we're bringing forth uh, the first Pan African uh, comic anthology. So uh, so that's really cool, um, and uh, I'm, I'm just really grateful and, and excited at the same time. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No worries. Uh, so I'll give you a shout when. Um, this has been edited and has gone live. Uh, but yeah, if you have any questions, you, you have my email, so you, you know where to reach me. And um, yeah, I look forward to, to seeing uh, some of the new uh, projects that you're bringing forth. <laughs>